I heard the triage nurse calling on the walkie-talkie. We have a problem with the patient you sent in. Tracy Wallace did not come in by ambulance. Repeat, Tracy Wallace did not come in by ambulance. Welcome to the Only Child Diaries podcast. I'm your host, Tracy Wallace. Have you ever felt like you didn't receive the how-to brochure on life? That you didn't get enough guidance about major life issues? So did I. You don't have to be an only child to feel this way. In my podcast, we'll explore some of the best ways to better navigate adulting while doing so with humor and light. Welcome everyone to the Only Child Diaries podcast. Today, I'm going to talk about emergency room visits, something I know about from personal experience. As I've been recovering from my knee surgery, I've unfortunately been plagued, and the word plague definitely is the word I think of in this case, with a stubborn UTI, or urinary tract infection. I will try to be as discreet as possible, but disclaimer, I will be talking about UTIs in general and mainly about my experience with the healthcare system and what I've seen. I'm now on my fourth round of antibiotics. Like recovering from double knee surgery isn't hard enough. Unfortunately, when I first started to experience symptoms, it was only about a week after my surgery and getting to my doctor was going to be rough. So I called and one of my doctors, my gynecologist, in fact, prescribed an antibiotic for me. One of the challenges about me is that I'm allergic to almost all of the oral antibiotics. The first one I got didn't really hit the mark. And I called the doctor again, and this time went in to give a urine sample. This was a rough errand for us. I had to get my stiff knees in the car and hobble to the lab. This was my first big outing, and it was a lot, heaped on top of the fact that I really didn't feel that great. It turns out this was a good idea, though, as my urine that day looked like tomato juice. Yeah, I definitely had something going on. Well, obviously, the urine culture was positive. The nurse called me and said that there was nothing else they could give me orally. I was allergic to all the other viable antibiotics. So I would need to go to the ER to get IV medication. Oh my God, no. This was just not what I wanted to do. Not what I wanted to hear. But I also knew that if I didn't address this and address it soon, the infection had a good chance of traveling to my kidneys. And kidney infections are just bad. Bad things that make you really sick. So off to the ER we went. Now, after going through surgery a couple of weeks before, I had really been stuck with a lot of needles. And needles are not one of my favorite things. Really, no one likes them, right? 
After giving yet another urine sample, and by this time I was almost screaming because of the burning, it was time to just sit and wait. Wait with 50 plus other people who were miserable, plus their family and friends. I guess I felt lucky that this time I could have Bill with me. I remember when I had my kitty stone episode, I had to go into the ER all by myself. And that wasn't fun at all. It was the height of COVID. This time, we were sitting with people who were coughing or sneezing, moaning, or in the case of one young girl, crying. Now, here I was, two weeks out of bilateral knee replacement surgery with my walker and having to go to the bathroom several times. The urgency factor. Well, at least I was getting a lot of exercise. I never got into a bed. I think that's a thing of the past. I've heard that there's such a backup for hospital beds that once people get to the ER, if they do get a bed, they have to stay there and wait for a hospital bed to open up. I was finally called into the triage area where they suggested that the blood in my urine might be kidney stones again. I really didn't think so because I didn't have that same kind of pain, but hey, who am I to say for sure? Then it was back to the waiting room. Then the phlebotomist called me and proceeded to stick me four times. This was probably the worst part of the whole experience. She had several little vials and bottles to fill. She finally got blood on her second poke, but not enough to fill what she needed. So she had to try two more times. I mean, did I have any blood to give? By this time, I was about to climb the wall, crying and anticipating the IV poke. It was a bad scene. I try to be a brave patient, but sometimes I just can't. Then it was back to the waiting room. A nice young man came to take me to get a CT scan. He looked at me and said he would go get a wheelchair. Did I look that pathetic? The room we were going to was quite a ways back, he said. Well, I was thankful for that. I had to wait outside in the hall, and I got to see some of the back room of the ER. It was busy. I asked him if it was ever not busy, and he said Christmas Eve because everyone is home. Note to self, try to go then. Finally, I was brought into the scan room. They wanted to look at my kidneys. Now, I had been sleeping so far on the recliner at home, but they got me up on the table and I laid flat on my back and was amazed and somewhat thrilled that my legs went totally straight. It was a good feeling. But it was quick because those CT scans are usually like five minutes or less. Then I was back in the wheelchair and back to the waiting room but not before we took the shortcut, so to speak, and went through the heart of the ER bed area. Yeah, it was busy and full. Now, we had probably been there about four hours, and both of us were tired, thirsty, and hungry, but mostly just tired of sitting in the lobby. 
The chairs were padded, but any chair after a while gets uncomfortable, right? So I went to the check-in desk and asked where I was in the queue. The gal told me that an IV with antibiotics had been ordered for me and they would call me. Now, I really hate to push. I like to wait my turn. But sometimes when you've waited and waited, it's okay to ask, right? As soon as I hobbled back to my seat, which was across the lobby, she called my name and it was time to hobble back. I was taken back to a room that had lounge chairs in it. Don't get too excited. Hospital-type lounge chairs and several other people hooked up to IVs that connected to the ceiling. I thought briefly of my husband and all the alien movies he likes to watch. It reminded me of some sci-fi experiment, (laughs) tethered to the ceiling and unable to escape. Another nurse sat me down and started the process of inserting the needle. I tried to tell myself to be calm and imagined the good drugs flowing into me. I needed this. Luckily, this nurse was good at what she did, and she got it in the first time, in my hand. I remember the first time someone said they would insert a needle in my hand. I thought I would faint. Since then, I've gotten quite used to it. At least now, being older, you can see my veins there. She took me over to a chair, and I sat down. Oh, it was kind of low, but I would manage to get up again, right? Oh, my new knees were certainly getting a workout today. The IV started to flow, and it was fast and cold. My whole arm felt about 20 degrees colder than the rest of my body. It was a strange feeling. It was going numb. Then came the bag of antibiotics to hook onto it. The nurse asked why I was rubbing my arm, and I told her about the cold temperature. So she turned down the speed of the flow. Oh, no, let's not drag this out any longer. We had already been here long enough. So after a while, I adjusted the flow to make it run faster when she wasn't looking. (laughs) Me and IVs were good friends. Eventually, the doctor came along. Actually, she was a PA. She asked if it was okay to talk there, and I said yes. We were in the middle of a thoroughfare, after all. I didn't mind other people hearing about my UTI and the inner workings of my bladder. I mean, seriously, I was wearing my pajamas. I felt like I had walked out of a Walmart, as it was. You know, those photos people post of Walmart shoppers inappropriately dressed? Modesty and decorum had gone out the window a long time ago. That's how I get when I don't feel good. She told me that, yes, duh, I had a raging UTI and that the IV and the oral antibiotics she was sending home would hopefully do the trick. Well, I'm here to tell you it didn't. I got to the end of my 10 days of pills and my old friend, the UTI, came back. It was a Saturday, but I was already pretty miserable. Luckily, I was able to get my gynecologist on the phone. 
He said that ironically, he had another patient with the exact same situation. And yes, he prescribed another round of antibiotics for me. This gave me relief for a time. Once I finished them, like a boomerang, it came back. Each time I went back in for another urine culture. I guess we were making some progress because these subsequent urine samples did not look like tomato juice. I've become good friends with the hospital patient portal and looking up my results, seeing the sad news about my urine's fluctuating white blood count. Well, after the third round of pills, yes, like a bad sitcom, it started to repeat again. Now, I should say that about the time of the second infection, I called over to my urologist's office to get an appointment and was told even with my situation, it would be about a month's wait to see him. It was funny because the nurse at my gynecologist's office pretty much threw up her hands and said, your urologist is just going to have to see you. But the urologist's office had other plans. I guess a lot of people are having urology emergencies. So I'm happy to report that my appointment with him is the last day of April, next week. But once I felt the infection coming back again, I knew I wasn't going to make it another 10 days. After living through the long ER wait, I would have gladly chewed off my own arm to avoid something like that again. So I thought about going to the hospital system's urgent care. They would have all my records, right? Well, this didn't really go well. The gal who took my info wasn't really listening to me. And then the PA came in because I forgot you don't get to see a real doctor sometimes. And she kept telling me, no worries. Like when she told me she'd prescribe an antibiotic and said, you're not allergic to anything, right? And I replied, no, I'm allergic to almost everything. And she replied, no worries. Well, maybe not for you. In the end, she did prescribe something that I was allergic to. I found that out when I got to the pharmacy. So my husband and I decided to go to the ER. Well, it was a shorter wait this time, given the fact that when I was called in by the triage nurse, the doctor, yes, I got to see an MD this time, said, you have asthma? And when I said no, he said, you were brought in by ambulance? No again. I guess I got fast-tracked because they mixed me up with someone else, but I wasn't going to offer to go back out to the waiting room. And I heard the triage nurse calling on the walkie-talkie, we have a problem with the patient you sent in. Tracy Wallace did not come in by ambulance. Repeat, Tracy Wallace did not come in by ambulance. If I didn't laugh, I would have been crying. What happened to the patient with asthma? Anyway, I was grateful, though, because this doctor seemed like he knew something. And that's always a good thing. And most of all, he listened to me. I was able to ask a lot of questions, and I got answers. And he never once told me, no worries. 
Because in a situation like this, you have worries. (laughs) On the plus side, I felt better the next day, one day at a time. That's where I am right now. Through it all, I saw people in real pain, screaming, crying, and moaning, and I'm grateful that I wasn't one of them. Yes, I was uncomfortable, but it could have been worse. We've shared our experiences with one of Bill's doctors who told us that as many as 50% of providers quit during COVID. I heard at one of my previous urgent care experiences that yes, a lot of doctors have just stopped practicing. I know my former gynecologist retired early, maybe not fully because of COVID, but his wife ended up having health issues and needed him and he was going to retire in another year anyway. COVID was just too much for a lot of people. I don't blame them. America's doctors are leaving the profession in growing numbers, creating a crisis in the U.S. healthcare system. Some 117,000 physicians left the field in 2021, and one in five doctors say they are thinking of leaving too. That's a lot, and I'm not sure the medical schools are able to keep up. What are the reasons for leaving? Burnout is one. This makes sense in a profession where people work horribly long hours with little sleep for often extended periods of time. Believe it or not, increased verbal abuse or bullying by patients is another reason. I think I've learned one thing from covid It's that we all live in a different world. Things have changed. What we used to take for granted is no more. Even though doctors and medical professionals used to always be there for us, they are very much people too. And while I do get frustrated sometimes, I'm still incredibly grateful for their service and care. Even if it's at a different speed than it used to be. Insufficient income is another factor. Yes, doctors can make a lot of money, but the insurance companies negotiate much lower fees for most things, and the doctors end up getting a small percentage of what they bill. This is why some doctors have transitioned to a concierge-type practice where they charge a limited amount of patients an annual fee. A fourth factor is, of course, the long hours and lack of family time. Doctors are often on call on weekends and holidays. They have no time to themselves. Yes, they took an oath, but they're still people. Doctors suffer from the things that we all suffer from, including depression. And then there's the paperwork and making sure there are adequate notes for files and the bureaucracy of the healthcare system. It's still a business after all. So all in all, I'm incredibly grateful for my healthcare professionals. I try to thank them whenever I have the opportunity. I know they have been through a lot, and I continue to hope that my UTI will eventually be figured out. I just want to stay out of the emergency room, and I hope all of you are able to do that as well. Next time you're with your doctor, thank him or her for taking care of you. It will mean a lot to them, I bet. Now, I have to go drink some water. Take care of yourselves. Next week, 
I'll tackle another topic. I hope you'll join me. If you like this episode, please follow the Only Child Diaries podcast on Apple Podcasts or other platforms you might listen on. And consider rating Only Child Diaries and writing a review. It helps others to find us. Please share it with a friend you think might like it as well. Visit my Instagram page, Only Child Diaries, or Facebook, Only Child Diaries Podcast. Thanks for listening. I'm Tracy Wallace, and these are the Only Child Diaries. Diaries.